Back in 2018, Time Magazine posted an article entitled, Women's Rage is the Most Powerful Engine of 2018. It starts out like this. If you wake up at 7 a.m., you'll probably start feeling it around 7.03, or at least as soon as you check your preferred news source. You don't have to be a woman to find something to be angry about. But if you are a woman, chances are you're feeling so much rage that there simply aren't enough hours in the day to contain it all. A government that's working hard to strip women of their reproductive rights, as well as limiting our access to basic health care. Work environments where men guilty of sexual abuse or harassment or even possibly rape can still gain power rather than lose it, even as women working in the tiers below struggle just to get by while likely making less money than their male peers do. A country where a resurgence of white supremacy proves that for many, black lives don't matter. In 2018, no one needs to ask a woman, why are you so angry? She's an anomaly if she's not. I remember reading that and feeling so shocked because first off, I would be an anomaly because I don't think it's healthy to be in a constant state of anger. This article is to promote a book entitled Rage Becomes Her, The Power of Women's Anger. And that's by Soraya Kamali. Um, uh, Good and Mad, The Revolutionary Power of Women's Anger and Fed Up, Emotional Labor, Women and the Way Forward. So I think that there is something to be said about accepting the world the way that it is without becoming complacent and doing that in a way that is not emotionally driven. I saw a post the other day on Facebook. I did not agree what this commenter wrote, but somebody had commented that the conversation was about a woman's right to vote because some people were saying that women should not be allowed to vote anymore. And obviously, extreme stance disagree with that. Women obviously should vote. But in the comments, somebody had written that our society has become matriarchal to a detriment and that we see a lot of emotionally led votes in the female demographic and that perhaps it would be good if women's rights were rescinded to be able to vote, which I think is um, not even right. It's not um, biblical that, that women are like lesser than or treated less than. I don't know. And so anyway, and right, some of the other comments were interesting too. Someone saying that they just vote the same way that their husband votes or whatever else. But, um, but this whole idea of not becoming complacent, but also not allowing emotion to drive our our lives it's it's very well known if you follow any parenting content creator they're probably talking about the amygdala they're talking about how when you are emotionally charged you are physically in your brain unable to process logic you cannot, it, it overrides any level of logic. So when you're choosing to be in the state of rage, you're choosing to stay angry. I've seen that, that motto somewhere, the, you know, stay angry. When you're choosing that, you're literally choosing anger over logic. And that will fail you every single time. You need to be able to have a rational, calm discussion about why something is the way that it is and have valid reasons behind the way that you think. So where is this coming from today? What does this have to do with Jesus and suffering on the cross? Well, St. Thomas Aquinas here in Aquinas' Lenten Meditation talks, his opening line in today's chapter is, 
Christ suffered willingly, moved by obedience to his father. And I have heard time and time again that Christ's death on the cross, that his suffering doesn't mean as much because he did it willingly, because he knew that it was coming. He knew that that's why he came to earth. And so it's really not that big of a deal because he just fulfilled his entire purpose. He just fulfilled what he was supposed to do anyway and that he knew he was going to have to do. So what's the big deal? He didn't go into it angry. He didn't go into it saying, let me go. He didn't fight back. So why should that be such a big deal if he was so willing to do it? And so I I think it's interesting that so many people want people to be angry. And unless there's anger, whatever it is that you're standing for must not be justified. It must not be worth enough if you're not getting mad. I can say that witnessing my parents growing up, um, there was definitely a lot of yelling and arguing and and everything along. They're two very passionate people that very firmly believe in what it is that they're saying. And and time and time again, my mom will even still say, it's like I have to get really mad at some point. And then he just, he understands then. And then we move on for a while and then we're fine. Then I just have to blow up again and then we're good again for a while. And it's like this anger is this driving force of, okay, or if you're a parent, if you are a parent and you have a child, right? It's like you can be nice, 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 nice. And then it's suddenly like, you know, you get to the point. It's like, you have to do this right now. We have to leave. And there's passion, right? And they're like, okay, okay. Like, I know you're serious now. It's almost like so many people were just surrounded by such a constant state of anger that they think that it takes anger for somebody to mean something, for it to be that it's something that somebody is passionate about, that there has to be anger or it can't be worth it. It can't be that important, which couldn't be further from the truth. Anger in and of itself is not a sin, right? It is an emotion that is experienced, but we know how detrimental anger can be to the body, right? It affects brain chemistry. It affects all kinds of things. When you are in a constant state of anger, it wears on your body. As a somato-emotional release therapist, I can tell you the emotional state that you are in when you experience an injury or experience something, anything with your body, it absolutely has a huge impact on how it ingrains itself in your body and how you feel that particular injury, how that injury is going to heal. They have study after study about people who go into surgeries. If they go in with a positive mindset, they're much more likely to come out and heal very well. Whereas if they go in with a very negative mindset and think they're going to die, think it's going to go terribly, it affects the outcome of the surgery because our brains, they have power. Our emotional state has power in our lives. And as a foundational thing, our God is a God of peace. He is a God of love. He is a God of kindness. He is a God of, of, of all of those things, of faith, hope, and love, like a God of hope. And when you start replacing hope with anger, you're not going to come out ahead. That type of anger that is contrary to hope, that is not, that, that's not from God. And, and encouraging somebody to stay in a constant state of anger, I would just recommend to you, if you're a Christian and you are reading these things and you think that you're supposed to be angry, I want you to think of Christ suffering because he was not angry. 
He was not spitting back at the soldiers, telling them to let go of him. He was not resisting arrest. He was not forcefully trying to do anything. He willingly followed through with all of the suffering out of obedience to his father. So I want to encourage you today to seek the Lord, ask him how it is that you that he wants you to be obedient today and then follow through with that willingly in a state of grace, in a state of peace. God bless you. May your ears be open and may his voice be loud for you. I love you. I will talk with you tomorrow.